Hello, hello. It's another case of mixtape and identity. And my guest this week is Angela Vaupierre. Thank you so much for joining me. This is the 66th case of Mixtape Identity. My guest this week is Ange Lavaupierre. Ange is a comedian, writer, journalist, and the host of the excellent Schmeichgeist podcast. So I was really excited to get her on the show. Um, I'm going to start off with a plea for anyone who's in the UK, anyone going to Edinburgh, or anyone who can get to Edinburgh. Ange is performing two shows uh, at Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Uh, Your Mother Trucks Rocks and Shells, which is her solo show, and then she's doing a show with previous guest Jane Watt, which is Jazz or a Bucket of Blood. So I'm very excited to be heading to Edinburgh in a few weeks, um, and I'm going to see Ange perform, and yeah, I'm, I'm buzzing for it. So if you have the capability to do it, then please go and do it. Uh, Alright, let's talk music. I had a great time with this playlist. I, there's so many beautiful songs on here. I'm still obsessed with Concrete Over Water. I haven't got over, uh, haven't got over that one yet. And uh, I've been getting into Royal Headache as well since listening to this. So yeah, had an amazing time. Um, if you're new to the show here, then just to let you know, we're going to be talking through a playlist of songs. The playlist that we're talking through is available in playlist form. Uh, it's on Spotify. So there's a link in the description of the podcast. Also, give us a follow on Instagram, so any guest announcements, music discussions, uh, uh, episode drops, uh, and clips from the show, all available on Instagram, so go and drop us a follow there. Had a really good time with this episode, this was uh, an awful lot of fun. Uh, we probably could have talked for a long, long time. We did have a, uh, a deadline, uh, and we ended up running overtime, so if there's a slightly frenetic pace at times, that um, that's why. Um, but as I say, we, we probably could have talked for hours and hours, so it's probably good that we did have that deadline. Uh, I'll be back at the end of the episode for a quick chat around supporting Ange and the show, but for now, we're getting into episode 66 of Mixtape and Identity with Ange. Hello, hello. Fixate on this too much, but um, unless like, I, I guess, has brought it up beforehand. So, how did you find putting this playlist together? What was the the process like for you? <laughs> um, it was mildly traumatic and incre- <laughs> <laughs> and incredibly stressful, right. and um, but like also great. But like, I don't know how to um. I didn't know how to phone this task in. Like I didn't sure. know how to half do this task. So right. in the end, I ended up with like like a long list of like 200 and I'm like whittling and I'm just like, and I'm, I, I really got like very caught up on, on the question. So, uh, and I've had to stop thinking about it. Like I've actually had to make a rule where I'm not allowed to, like after I sent it to you, yeah. I made one edit. And then yeah. after that, I was like, I can't keep looking at this. <laughs> Because it will destroy me. So yes, that's what it was like. Okay, all right, yeah. I've I've had a couple of similar conversations recently um, about about the playlist making process, and yeah, it's a. I think the overthinking side of it is a is a big part of the journey, especially but <laughs> you know for me anyway. Uh, yeah. Because I, I made my playlist before I started doing this, and I still mm. like. It, no one's looking at it it's just on spotify but occasionally i'll just go in and tweak it and be like actually that doesn't really reflect my personality and that doesn't that doesn't really yeah. sum up my my favorite bands and artists and it's, yeah 
it's the sense that it has to capture the entirety of you. And I just sort of had yeah. to bench that in the end. Yeah. And when I say bench that, what I mean is that I made a second playlist with all the overflow. And that's and that's how I'm like good. soothing myself there. But yeah. Okay, good. You'll need to share that with me as well. Because um, okay. uh, that'll, that'll be fun. Um, all right, cool. Well, look, we'll, we'll, we'll just jump into the, into the playlist then. So song one is a song you fell in love with straight away. So you went for Never Again by Royal Headache. Yeah. Okay. Had you ever heard of these guys? No. Okay. So Royal Headache is my favorite band, maybe favorite band of all time. Certainly my favorite live band. Right. So for people who have not heard the song, because Royal Headache, so far as I understand, is not massively well known outside Australia. They're an, they're an Australian punk band, Sydney punk band, active from, I want to say like 2010 to maybe 2015. That was mm-hmm. the sort of range. And uh, the vocal is like this sort of, um, uh, it's like like an like a soul vocal. So uh-huh. it's but like quite uh, distorted. So it's like this sort of lo-fi punk sound that's like really like blown out, fuzzed out. But if like Otis Redding was singing, uh, is a, a white guy from Sydney named Shogun. Um, it's like it's kind of pop punk outside of that. I mean, not in the kind mm. of like. Blink one eight two, good Charlotte sense, but more. Yeah. That's a very dated reference, isn't it? But there we are. Um, <laughs> um, uh, it's more like, yeah. It, but they were they were just like these Sydney punks um, who I came across because I went solo to a Black Lips gig uh, at one of the right. uni bars in in Sydney, and I don't even. It was really weird that I was there early. I never go early. I'm late to everything. But I guess because I was on my own, I was just like boop boop boop, and sort of was there before right. this gig. And there were like, but it was it was light outside still. Like the, it was. They were like the, the the support for the support, and it was. Yeah seven o'clock or something in a Sydney summer. And there were like four people in the room. I was like the fifth person in the, in the audience. And it was just like, it was like a sound check, but it wasn't, it was the support. And there was this band playing and they were giving it everything. Like they were, they were really, really going for it. And yeah. Shogun is this, the front man is sort of always in the same windsheeter. I've never seen him in any other windsheeter. It's just like this sort of Navy zip up windsheeter. He's got this big, like fuzzy blonde hair. And he's just like, in like on the mic going and pacing up and down the stage and the music it was this song it was never again and it was incredible like you know, it, it it was like uh i i i basically immediately went up to you know the other people who clearly you know knew i guess they were like the girlfriends or friends of people in the band i'm like who are these guys and like oh yeah they're incredible aren't they you know and started telling me about the band and i basically it didn't miss a gig after that uh, and it was I think it's some of the happiest memories in my life is being at a a royal headache gig they they were incredibly joyous incredibly violent like I would always leave injured um and <laughs> I would like really insist on being right up the front and right. uh and yeah it was um yeah this 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 music has been like a companion for me like in in a big part like a really important part of my life in my 20s i think the apex of it all because the band kind of you know like shogun was like a little dysfunctional kind of on stage like you know had this dysfunctional relationship with the audience um sort of flipping between contempt um Mm. and like some sort of apology almost um and 
and he is you know a sweet man who really struggled i think is this is the sense i got i don't know him personally but you know friends right. of mine do and um they had this popularity that came to them they were um they were like they did a national support tour for the black keys when they did a massive oh, wow. stone tour at the, at the height of their power and right. shogun didn't the, the band i don't know it just wasn't it was a weird mix um and they're not that mainstream in their sensibility and in yeah. their appeal and so and i think it soured to the point where they did a number of dates on that tour not facing the audience is the story that i remembered and but then that kind of like wow. boosted their popularity further because it was like like you know the rudest band in australia or something and all these people <laughs> were exposed right. to them and yeah. then one year they got booked at the sydney opera house as part of um one of the sort of marquee sydney arts festivals called vivid right. and i remember like because this is fan community i've never been like this with a band before uh, by the way, or since is the only live band that I've ever like trotted around after like a groupie, except I never fucked them. Um, and uh, we, yeah, like, so there's people who I only know from uh-huh. Royal Headache shows and I'll see them right on the street now in Sydney, like, like, you know, 10 years later and we'll just sort of like <laughs> nod at each other and, and continue past in the street. It's, it's nice. very strange. Um, but yeah, there was this, opera house show and the opera house is very you know it's the opera house mm-hmm. and we used to like your venues would like not have royal headache back not because the fans were like rude or anyone was rude but it was just the shows were so uh violent i guess that it was a little bit rough on the venue i think I um no one was punching on or anything it was just like it's just messy you know yeah. uh and and we're like, how's this going to go at the opera house? And yeah. we're all sitting there, like you know, good little school children or something in our in our little seats, and uh-huh. sort of watching the stage and kind of just like looking at each other, going like, when do we get up? We can't do a we can't do a show. Like we're not going to do this show seated. And then like right. two songs in, you know, one of the two, two songs into the set, um, one of the you know it was one of their biggest songs. And there was like this moment where everyone went like, right. And we all got up and sort of rushed the stage. And it was a very sort of police heavy time in Sydney's um, modern history. There were, there was a lot of, uh, there was like a, a real kind of show, show of force mentality. And there were, had been crackdowns around um, nightlife in Sydney, I guess. There's this narrative mm. that, you know, it, it was, you know, it was kind of moralism really, but yeah. um, within a heartbeat, there were like 30 cops on this on like sort of surrounding us and we were like oh, and we were all on the stage and i had the microphone at one point it was just like this this <laughs> absolute scene at the sydney opera house uh and in the and then we got like sort of did a few more songs that way and uh and then shogun shut the gig down because he's like i don't want any of my fans to get arrested i don't want any of you guys to be arrested or assaulted by cops and so we're not gonna let this get out of hand and so so shut it down but yeah it was this real um time and place and uh and this weird community that cropped up around uh a band and i totally uh fell in love with this song the very moment i heard it amazing yeah yeah i used to like i i used to spend a lot of time going to going to gigs in belfast and we do the same thing you'd go to the support act and then you'd follow that support act and you'd go and see their support act and it just becomes a whole thing um and yeah and like i i remember there being particular characters there was always like a couple of 
weirdos that were always at those gigs and you always bad vibes kind of guys um, <laughs> but but nothing nothing on this level i thought I th- the song was incredible like i re like i really really liked it and I, it's, it's definitely my kind of music i love mm. high energy guitars just like fucking going for it um and i actually heard a few more royal headache songs because um like i listen to i listen to these playlists quite a lot to prepare um because i don't you know use the the songs in the show um and for whatever reason every time your playlist finished you know on spotify it goes on to like the recommended songs mm-hmm. every time it was a royal headache song and every time it was a huh. different song and oh, great I, I just let it play because it like yeah. yeah they're great um but yeah like an awful lot of fun i could i can see why you would get swept up in that because it's it's, and it's, it's not the, what they are on record. And this is the great tragedy. They're just maybe the best live band I've ever oh, seen. I, I believe um, it. Yeah. You know, it's it's like this. Mm-hmm. And, and there's this, you try and tell people about it now. And all yeah. you have is this recording, which which conveys, you know, a, it's which is fantastic, but can, conveys a fraction of what yeah. it was like um, in that in that room. So perhaps yeah. it's a bit of an unfair song to pick for a playlist, but um, you can you can you can just imagine what it yeah. was like. No, yeah. I know, what, I know what you mean, and, and I had the same with Belfast bands. Like, um, it's it was a very different scene. It's very like a uh, indie kind of like you know bands with cellos and you know glockenspiels and, and stuff like this. Um, and I always had it was always just the, the it was a beautiful experience live, and then the most dull record to listen to if you ever bought the CD. Anytime you put it on, it like oh, I have to listen to this band. They're so good. And then <laughs> I had that feeling as soon as I put it on. I was like this is i'm sorry for making you listen to this i promise you they're fun live yeah can't relate yeah um Mm. all right song two is a song that took you a while so you've gone for clearest blue by churches so um this isn't this is a song i have a habit of really punishing songs like i will play and play and play and play and play and play play a song uh and i and i will burn myself out on a song and by all metrics, I should have burnt myself out on this song. Like, it doesn't make any sense that I still love this song. I think for, I, I don't know, pretty much, I, I don't know, if, I don't even know how many years, but I listened to this song uh, at least once a week. Right. Uh, and there have been times when it's been like more times in the week. Um, but I I didn't always feel this way about it. I think, so I chose this song because it's, it's, um, well, because it's true about this song, but also the I think it's not a very good reason why it took me a while to take this song seriously or let myself like it. Okay. Um, and it's because it's basically like a pop vocal. And this is something that okay. I've been trying to challenge, challenge myself on, um, right. which is that I think, um, and this is maybe true of a lot of people, particularly women of my generation, men as well, but, but um, you know, if, if you were like of a certain culture, mm-hmm. uh, like it, it was like uncool to like pop. It was like uncool to like girly pop. You know, right. that was seen as like a kid's thing. It was like, uh, and I think I went through um, a fair bit of my life and I've like, I've listened to a lot of music my whole life um, and pl- and played music and, um, but I, I, I dismissed anything that sort of 
you know, smelt even vaguely like pop for a long time. I had this yeah. real habit of, of just going like, going like, oh no, it's not serious. And I, it wasn't all that cerebral. It wasn't like I was actually literally thinking those words, mm. but there was, there was like a bias against it. And, sure. and I started to work on challenging that maybe five years ago, maybe six years ago. Uh, and this song was one of the songs that really changed for me as soon as I went, wait, what is that? Why do I, why do I think that? And then I could like, once I was kind of more open to it, mm -hmm. I, I was able to appreciate just how much heart was in this song. I also right. think it stands up lyrically really well. And like, it's, it's a light touch in, I mean, it's like, it's also a very, it's it's very sort of saturated. It's almost like a hyper color song, mm. right? Like it, it's sort of like punching mm. all these like pleasure centers in your brain. It's just like it's doing everything. Yeah. Um, but it's, uh, I think it's very easy to do that if you're doing that trick in mm. bad taste. And yes. that, that none of this is in bad taste. It's like it's really uh, heartfelt and moving and vulnerable and mm. like. It's also a, of a category that I would call, I don't know if you know what I mean when I say this, but the sad banger. Yes. Yeah. yeah like LCD it. sound system is, yes. um, is great for a sad banger. Sure. Um, Pet Shop Boys, You Were Always On My Mind is another sad banger. It's like yeah. songs that are like, uh, yeah, t tender and, and moving, but um, high energy as well. And they make mm -hmm. you feel something very complicated between happy and sad. And yeah. is Blue is like that for me. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. I, yeah, I've been on a very similar journey to yourself and I think it's, I don't know if I just had a very high opinion of myself in terms of what my music taste was, uh, that anything that fell outside of that automatically just wasn't, wasn't good. I also, mm. I also think for me, my relationship with pop, I've sort of been examining this a little bit over the course of the show. I think a big part of the reason that I didn't like pop or didn't connect with pop is because of shows like Pop Idol and X Factor. Like mm. really prevalent when I was forming my music taste, and I think from the get go there was something very cynical and uh, mm. manufactured about that mm. type of music, and there's just no oversaturation in the market. So I lumped everything that was pop into that category and just like set it aside, and it just wasn't for me. Um, but even then, I would have like like literally guilty pleasures. I would feel guilty about enjoying. <laughs> like a taylor swift song or yeah um, sure i really liked uh marina and the diamonds and yeah I, i'm not telling anyone that i like marina and the diamonds that's, <laughs> like, that's a disgusting thing to feel um <laughs> so yeah I've, I've i've definitely been on this journey and like especially from doing the podcast over the last couple of years i've been introduced to, to so many different pop artists like i've been on a like an, a full full circle moment with carly Rae jepsen for example mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. yeah and uh a, a lot of others so See, I, I was full. I was fully on board. I, I I loved the song from the moment I heard it, but I fully get why you were in that mindset. Like I've I've been there, been there. I think I think the other thing that's noteworthy uh, and churches is a reflection of this is that pop has changed. Like yeah. pop at the time that you and I perhaps were forming our opinions about it, mm -hmm. um, you know, X Factor, Idol, that whole those franchises, and like yeah. uh, and you know back then pop was you know, a, a few measures more um, constructed, 
than and, and maybe saccharin somehow than it is now, whereas it is a much broader church. There's a lot more kind of cross-genre, uh, like like pop has bled into alt in a way that alternative music in a way that it just um, – it just didn't, never did before and pop itself has become you know you're, you're kind of like marquee pop stars um whether that's you know taylor swift or beyonce um you know who's you know obviously not pure pop anyway uh but those those mm. musicians have that they're they're, re, they're releasing like these incredibly high concept um you know musically rich songs it's not the spice girls you know what i mean no, yeah. like yeah exactly it, yeah. It, 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 it's cha- the genre has changed as well so yeah 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 definitely i i also like i like the term that used hypercolor there to describe mm. uh, pop music i'm gonna use that a lot i am um, by all means i uh i've talked about like k-pop for example i said that that feels to me more like the extract of a flavor than an organic flavor but i still like it um it's like msg in a way <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah i, I don't know if it's, I think I don't know if it's good for like, me but i like it i, I think i think that it's like highly stylized right like it's like yeah. a narrower version of like the the, the rules oh, yeah it's like yeah. you know it, it's like some sort of subset of the fantasy genre it's like like a like like the vampire genre you know what i mean like it's the subset mm. within the subset and so it has these ultra specific yeah, yeah. Um, p- parameters for what it mm-hmm. sounds like uh I, I i try to i every now and then i like listen to some k-pop to be like yet do i <laughs> do, can i will i enjoy this one and i and i haven't found a way in yet but i am like i live in right. hope because it's okay. such a cool it seems like the aesthetics are really cool and i really uh am fascinated by that fandom and yeah i would like to be able to participate in that world but right. i also can't i can't fake it fair <laughs> one day though one day one day um all right song three is a song from your introduction to music so you've gone for centerfold by the oh yeah <laughs> i had to look up how to say that because i realized i'd never said it out out loud um quickly the, and confidently. yeah so yeah quickly and confidently um so this is a song i first remember hearing in the car with my dad um so my dad and i would would hang out when we when I was a kid uh going for long long drives not because like you know my my mom and dad were together like I lived with my dad um and so that was you know I got to see him around the house but my dad just liked going for drives he had polio as a kid and so he um uh mobility was a bit of a challenge and I think he just is always like you know just get in the get in the car and go there's a sense mm. of agency there and so dad always liked to go for a drive i like to hang out with my dad i get in the car we'd listen to the radio and this song would come on and i loved this song for whatever reason uh in country new south wales in australia in you know the early 90s this song was getting absolutely smashed um on right. a few commercial playlists and so uh and i would i you know learn the words and sort of like sing along i'm like four in this story by the way and right. i was like this song about dad what's a centerfold uh and for those who don't know the song the 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 chorus goes my blood runs cold my memory has just been sold my angel lives in centerfold angel lives in centerfold and it's the story uh 
And so my, my father proceeded to explain this to me and to tell me the story of this song, which is, well, you know, and when you, uh, you know, you know, he likes this girl at school. He's got, uh, you know, he's interested romantically in uh, this girl who he knows from school. And then they've grown up and they've, they've left school. And um, sometimes uh, men look at magazines and uh, the magazines, they have, you know, pictures of women in them. Uh, and men like to look at the pictures <laughs> and yeah. in the middle of the magazine is this is the, the center so it's the middle pages and um you know one of the best girls you might say would be in the center um because that's a uh, the special that's a special place and uh and in and then you know he sees that girl and it's confusing for him because you know it's not the girl that he and my father my poor father is doing his <laughs> level best to explain to someone who is still learning the alphabet the <laughs> dynamics yeah. of what it's like seeing your high school sweetheart in a playboy uh and look <laughs> I think I learned a few things that day, most of all about my father. Uh, and I, I guess... It, oh, God, love him. Yeah, it was very... I thought it was very sweet. I thought he did a very good job. It's not an yeah. easy task doing that. I mean, should, should he have maybe, um, I don't know, made something else up? Maybe? Deflect. Deflect. Uh, deflect, yeah. deflect, Dad. But I guess I was <laughs> I was the eldest. It was his first time as a dad. He'd never been asked that question by yeah. a four-year-old before. And he panicked and he told the story. Um, and that's, <laughs> that's that song. But I'm very fond of it as a as a result. Uh, right. And it's and again, that one's followed me through life. It's on a, a bit of a pub rock playlist that um, a dear friend of mine, uh, Cookie, uh, and I built together called Slice of Heaven, also featuring Dave Dobbin's Slice of Heaven. Um, and yep. we we would play this. There was a period in our lives where we both had Fridays off and we were living together. And we wouldn't mean to, it wasn't the plan, but we would get like, like Olympically drunk on a Thursday night and play... Right like dad rock like this pub rock um (laughs) but like and it would always be these really really daggy songs centerfold was one of them we once played centerfold so loud and so many times that we had the police called on us (laughs) and then we were drunk enough that we thought it was a good idea to turn off all the lights and hide uh from the from the cops which in the house which ultimately didn't work out uh they just sort of sort of stood outside and yelled through the window we know you're in there uh so i guess two two of the three stories that i've told today have involved sydney police um and it makes me seem like someone that i'm not but uh (laughs) there we are yeah oh amazing oh your poor dad that that is so is genuinely so sweet that um response to it because yeah obviously on reflection the correct thing is to go just means he really likes her or it's a beautiful woman and yeah. as a four-year-old <laughs> you will forget you asked the question and talk about something else going on outside the window yeah. but the commitment to the to the cause there is beautiful lovely yeah, love lovely that. stuff That's so funny um all right song four is a song that makes you happy so you went for born to be alive by mm. Patrick Hernandez. yeah this was such a hard one to choose, mm. right? Because uh, right. it's it's a couple of different metrics, right? I was like, do you choose the song that you 
could listen to when you're sad to cheer you up? Or do you choose the song that if you're just like in the, the chemist or in the supermarket and it comes on and you're yeah. neutral, like you're at a zero uh, yeah. when this happens and it just like improves your day immeasurably and it puts you in the best mood. I went sure. for that category because the first category... I'm I think when to you're see sad... why you had 200 socks, by the way. <laughs> you wait. Um, <laughs> so, because when you're sad and you, need it and, and you need cheering up, conversely, the thing that will cheer you up when you're sad is probably a sad song because you Agreed. want to feel understood. Yes. So, I, I, went, I went for a hard out happy song because I felt like that was the spirit of what you're asking for. Born yeah. to be Alive by Patrick Hernandez is um, this really cheesy disco banger. Um, it's it, And the message in it is really cool as well, which is, I think, part of why this song hits so hard because it's like, you know, disco bangers that will cheer you up for days. But the, mm. but the lyrical content of this song is like, I, you know, some people, they say you've got to settle down and have kids and like have this life to be happy. I don't need any of that. I was just born to be alive. And it's yeah. like this, it's like this rejection of, because I don't have a super conventional life. Like I'm an sure. apple that has fallen quite a long way from the tree. Uh, and, and, you know, I feel like comedy, comedy is potentially uh, full of people like that. So, you know, it, it, it's a good community to have landed in um but you know and there is other aspects of my life you know like my sort of extended family and you know my career as a journalist uh I sort of stick out a bit as someone who um you know as a woman in her mid-30s um who has maybe made some like unconventional choices in her life and this song is good in that it it sort of it really backs you up in that it really says you're fine um yeah you're fine to make the choices that you've made yeah. uh and is incredibly you know affirming as well and it's silly too it's incredibly silly um mm. i someone sent me a video the other day that i didn't realize had been taken uh and it was at a party recently and it's a very crowded dance floor and this song had come on mm -hmm. and and Everyone else is like just dancing, having a good time. But I am so like thrilled and overstimulated when I'm, yeah. when I'm, I look like I'm just sort of grinning like this. And I've kind of got like my arms here and I'm just sort of like doing this on the spot, like sort of like, like this little, you know, I'm not dancing like a regular human. I'm dancing like, like a three-year-old who's had uh, like being given red food coloring for the first time. Like my eyes are wide, my fists right. are bald. Like I'm grinning, <laughs> I look maniacal, you know, and and that's how this song makes me feel. Right. Uh, okay. It's terrifying to 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 witness. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's it's so much fun. It's such a great song. Um, because yeah, first first time I heard this song was like so. This was like a slight edit that you'd made to your playlist, and mm. first time I listened to this song, I was instantly like, yes, this is this is it i like i love i love disco i love that type of music and it's so fast and energetic and fun and yeah I, i'm totally on board and it's and it's great to have that kind of message as well that is um i've had a few songs on the on the show before that sort of have a similar kind of message which is just like just just do your thing no one gives a shit everything's fine like i'm gonna do my thing um don't have to go down this path or that path just do what you want and 
mm-hmm. be alive and enjoy it. And it's like obviously then you get you, you do get the odd sort of pseudo carpe diem bullshit. But um <laughs> but when it's like when it's just simple and uh heartfelt and earnest like this, it just mm. it is beautiful. It's so nice. Yeah. 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 Um all right, perfect. Song five is a song that makes you sad. So you've gone for Golden Slumbers by the Beatles. Yeah, I hesitated to put the Beatles on the playlist because it's sort of like, I don't know, maybe it felt basic and everyone knows this song, but I I do, I do, I mean, obviously everyone knows this song, but I, mm. by the same token, I felt as if I couldn't leave. I nearly put Wings on. So just be glad that I didn't include Wings on this playlist, I suppose. Um, okay. Uh, but uh, yeah, it, Golden Slumbers because, and I learned to play this song on the piano uh, over Christmas as well. And and mm. it, it was something that I wasn't expecting, but I found that I would, I would be feeling quite um, teary when I was like playing it and singing it. Like I would struggle, like my voice would kind of crack a bit when I was trying to sing it. And I suppose it has a nostalgic value but innately um you know if you think of the first line of that song it mm. begins and it's you know it's it's McCartney at the peak of his powers and it and it's you know he's got this incredible vocal tone and he starts by saying once there was a way to get back home there is so much contained mm. in that line it talks right. about like estrangement from home it talks about um it, it captures the fact that you used to be able to go back or, you know, the sense that you could have gone back. And, the, and then on top of that, the sense that you can no longer go back. So it recalls the past. It recalls home. Mm. And it, for me, captures a lot of the feeling, like the scarier, harder, darker parts of being an adult and being on the other side of that where you feel as if there, there, there isn't much of a home. There aren't many places to, to call home like Mm. you know once you sort of leave the family home if you are unless you choose a certain path in life maybe you know if you haven't taken Patrick Hernandez's path and and you have (laughs) taken you know unless you you know I feel like so many people of our generation you know we don't own a home there is something innately uh, unstable about um about you know it just in the rental crisis and being a renter and I know that Paul McCartney wasn't singing about renting but like I feel like (laughs) renting is a like it's a proxy for the like uh, the the larger instability of what it is to be alive in 2023 which is like yeah you know there's all this instability economic and otherwise and also just that feeling that you get as you as you grow more distant from um you know childhood and uh, and not everyone you know childhood is not a happy place or a memory for everyone but i was fortunate in that i did have I do have this sort of like beautiful um, relationship with my parents and these nice memories from childhood and and the, just the yearning in this song mm. fucking just destroys me every time yeah. uh, and it seems to name something that is very hard to name. I also really appreciate that McCartney goes from like within like it's firstly it's a very short song as well because it's one of it's the beginning of a medley. It's a, and it's never long enough, which I think is part of why I love it as well, because you, it always leaves you wanting more. You're like, where are the other three verses, Paul? <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, but he's, you know, he goes because he doesn't have much time. Within like 15 seconds within this song, he's gone from this tender, slow beginning. Once there was a way to get back home, to like 
just about roaring the chorus, uh, if we yeah. can call it that. Uh, and and his voice does that thing where it's like it just is almost breaking, um, but it's still very you know sweet in its in its uh, timbre, and it's uh, yeah a perfect perfect tiny song um, that makes me desperately sad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I I love that it's a short song. I um there's just something about that when a when an artist just decides not to conform to a traditional song structure um i feel like he's basically gone i've I've actually i've said everything that needs to be said there and i could i could drag it out for another two minutes and you'd enjoy it (laughs) but i I think that's enough and then as you said like it does leave you wanting more i think it's yeah it's beautiful it's kind of Um, a cool flex in a way to be like i don't need i don't need three and a half minutes to do this i can do it in like a minute ten i've written a perfect song destroyed your day done (laughs) see you later (laughs) yeah i didn't realize it was a sad song until you put it in this category i thought it was just a nice lullaby and then yeah i started to analyze it more when you sent it over and i was like oh fuck nice (laughs) heavy yeah heavy again for such a short song there's a lot to unpack um Mm -hmm. but yeah it's brilliant um all right speaking of a lot to unpack song six is a song to relax to so you went for for free by Joni mitchell Yes. Um, it is heartbreaking to me that Joni Mitchell is no longer on Spotify. It's really ruined uh it's really ruined a lot of my days. Uh right. I do have all of her stuff on because she, she was protesting. So her and Neil Young both bowed out when uh Spotify paid a hundred million dollars for um Joe Rogan, uh, mm-hmm. which, you know, is an understandable decision really, but really inconvenient yeah. for me. I do have <laughs> yeah, no. all of all of her records, uh, but I'm currently uh, speaking of the rental crisis between houses. And so all of my vinyl is currently in a shed belonging to, uh, on a farm belonging to the family of Jane Watt, who I believe you've had on the podcast. Sure, <laughs> Jane, yeah. is, Jane is my best mate and she's got all my vinyl in her farm shed. Okay. Uh, and so I, but when I have those records with me, and I'm feeling anything less than okay. And I suppose, yeah, anxious is part of that family. I find Joni Mitchell's music to be enormously grounding. Right. I can put on, I, so really this is like a proxy for like all of Joni Mitchell, but for free in particular is one of my, uh, one of my favorites. Again, because of the sentiment expressed within uh, it's also like we don't think of Joni as a as a diva, but this song is actually kind of diva-ish. Like she's sort of yeah. she's, she she acknowledges her own status in it. She talks about um, you know I you know me I I play for I play for a fortune. I play in concert halls. You know I have an s you know like a a, a, a like a security man who escorts me around. And she sees this clarinet player standing on the corner. And hears him playing and is very moved by him because she does have these like folk roots. And as I'm talking, I'm realizing that I've never actually interrogated that this song, you know, I think we can make the the mistake so often of assuming that songs, because the a vocal performance is so personal and you feel as if you are, um, we always assume that it is autobiographical and it's mm. not necessarily the case. So often people are being a character, telling a story that's not theirs or playing a character or yeah, sure. um, 
but but I assume that this was this was you know I, I'm working from the assumption that this was a story that Jodie meant to tell um, for herself yeah. and uh, yeah there's something about there's something about her her the storytelling I guess is maybe mm-hmm. something that re- is relaxing for me right. um, but it's the it's a familiar it's the it's just a hug i feel like myself that's what it is i feel like myself when i listen mm. to to joni mitchell um, right, okay. for whatever that's worth yeah okay i have you ever listened to have you got into joni have you gone deep i'm not not because i've gone deep but i've definitely listened to a few i, th- I think the 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 thing that i i really in, have enjoyed about every Joni Mitchell song that's been on this on this playlist or on this on this show rather um and all the other ones that I've listened to is there invariably is something to unpack within it she doesn't write mm. simple songs um for the most part there's 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 something in there that I want to get in and analyze and dissect and think about and I can get why that would be very relaxing because it it takes your mind off whatever else you might be thinking about and you're focused solely on that because every time i listened to this song i was thinking about i just i just got in my head and about like sort of the the this relationship that she has with with her music and the the fame that's brought her versus this you know this other character in the in the in the story who's playing just for the love of the music and um but also you know potentially uh, can't get that kind of status for whatever reason mm. um and I, I i just thought it was i just, just think it's fascinating but i yeah anytime i'm listening to a Joni mitchell song i'm just like i'm completely fixated on what she's saying and yes there's so yes, few that's... artists yeah there's so few artists that, that have the ability to do that and i think storytelling is a good way of putting it because you do feel like she's speaking to you you feel like like she's telling you a story and you have to listen to what she's saying and think about it like focus on it a lot more than a lot of other sentences when she it's what it is is her lyrics are sentences you know it's often lyrics are um a little bit more figurative they're poetic she is a very direct lyricist she's literally just telling you a yarn when she when she sings and this is one of those and that's why it feels even more sincere coming from her because she could as easily be speaking the words as singing them and mm. it is absorbing you do because the ear is trained to absorb language that way most naturally and so right. there are no barriers right it's just going straight in the story is going straight in and you don't doubt you don't doubt for a second that she means what she's saying yeah <laughs> um and also i think the other thing that speaks to me about this song and why i've kind of i keep coming back to it um is is that it acknowledges something fundamental and a little bit heartbreaking about um, the arts and performing and uh, and this yeah. kind of expression, which is that it is not a meritocracy, you know? Yeah. That she absolutely. she basically, she's praising this, she's talking about this beautiful, um, you know, this sweet, beautiful music that is being played by yeah. this busker on the corner and how much love and respect she has for what he's doing. And she's like, but you'll never be on TV uh, and everyone... because he's not on tv as well yeah so it's that, a sort, of... sort of cyclical nature of the exactly yeah, as you said, not being a meritocracy just not a meritocracy at all um and uh, yeah there was there was just so much truth in this song in that 
um, that is hooky as well. Like that makes it, right. uh, not only does it feel like there's a high degree of sincerity there, but um, you are also like, yeah, good point, Joni. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, all right. Song seven is a song from your preteen years. So you've gone for Honey by Mariah Carey. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I I think this is one of the first albums that I ever owned. So like maybe there's a bit of an arc happening here, which is like I started out liking pop. I then thought that maybe it wasn't uh, cool or interesting or yep. or sophisticated and then eventually wound my way back to it. But right. yeah, um, similar to the centerfold thing i'm sure like i think this like because i used to blast this this album and this song in particular um as a kid in my little like you know little cd player in my room uh and constantly you know told to turn it down and like why are you playing that song again and like i'm gonna i'll die if i hear this song again to my poor parents um it's a theme they've had to like they had they they lied and told me that they taped over or maybe they did actually no they deliberately taped over like we had Monty Python's Meaning of Life taped on like a VHS off the TV and I watched it so many times um, (laughs) that they they like accidentally taped over it one day so I couldn't watch it anymore. My father once accused me of ruining the Beatles for him. Um, So, which is, it's a pretty huge, I think you can go to prison for that in some countries. (laughs) Um, So so I won't be traveling. Um, But... Yeah. yeah. Uh, where were we? Uh, Honey, Mariah Carey. Oh yes, Honey by Mariah Carey. The other thing that I realized recently about the song, because I, because I, again, there's this weird thing that happens if you've listened to a song forever and ever and ever that you yeah. just like, Honey got me hooked on yeah, and then and you don't think about what it is because you've known those words forever. Yeah. I had a bit of a break from the song mm-hmm. and came back to it uh, maybe two years ago. Right. And I realized. It is just mm-hmm. definitely about cum. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The whole thing's about cum. Uh, I, was, I was very worried when you said this is similar to the centerfold thing that you were going to tell me that you had your dad explain what this song meant to you. <laughs> I, like, I don't oh, know that no. he would have picked it up. I think my parents were <laughs> deliberately very much like, nope, she's definitely talking about honey. That's, yeah. yep, no, she definitely wants honey in her mouth and on her skin. <laughs> and she's definitely missing his honey. What is he, a beekeeper? Oh, um, <laughs> and but this is what I assumed at the time. Yeah, uh, she's just got a sweet tooth. Um, mm. But no, big big cum fetishist. Yeah. I suppose. Yeah, hundred percent. And it's not subtle, right? And and here's the thing, right? <laughs> she she does she does do something that I think is very clever and very subtle in this song, where she refers to this is very sneaky, but she refers to DJ in this song. She's actually referring to Derek Jeter who's the person that what? she was she was having an affair with Derek Jeter at the time oh. uh she was married I can't remember who to but she was having an affair with with Derek Jeter and when she referred to DJ that's who she was talking about um oh which is, my goodness which is this like, is the inside track this right, is amazing such, tea I had no such idea a snake move I, honestly beautiful loved it <laughs> um but then right so just just to summarize because I thought the same when I listened to this song I was like there's like it's definitely it, I, I can't I can't be the only one who's heard this and thought is, is she just talking about cum and and I, I googled it and there's a BuzzFeed article um, which is just titled there's absolutely no way this Mariah Carey song isn't about semen um, <laughs> and 
and it gets into the lyrics which are um obviously it's just like honey when your love comes over me and they've emphasized the word comes uh it's like honey when it washes over me uh honey i can't describe how good it feels inside inside yes which that's not how you talk about actual honey uh Mm. The next, the next point they've made, I'm not convinced about, but they've said next up the video, she only wears one color, white. Now I'm not. Which convinced. was a, I mean, that's a trope at the time, right? Like you know, the yeah. R&B pop video of the 1990s. You yeah. know, you would wear white, like that yes. is. But, but also, I mean, who's to say? But this, have you have you watched the the music video, the film clip? Not since I was eight okay she is dancing in uh, um well wearing white with a uh, a number of men wearing what's say sailors outfits okay great seamen <laughs> <laughs> and the next line in the in the buzzfeed article just says seamen full stop come full stop uh, <laughs> and i'm convinced <laughs> Uh, but yeah, wild, wild. We truly have lost one of the paragons of um, <laughs> of investigative journalism in BuzzFeed, haven't we? Oh, uh, no. I, I've I've seen her like I've I've seen different ways that she talks about the song as well, or talks about her music, and the way she talks about it is so coy, like oh, you know, like something sexual, and 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 she talks about it in a way that she like she thinks she's got away with it. When anyone yeah. who listens to the song now is just like, come straight away. That's that's about you. You're talking about Jay's. Yeah, although what I would say, what I would say is that when I had this penny drop moment and I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, it's about cum. Mm. And I did that thing that you do when you, like, found out a fascinating fact and the next 10 people you see, um, that's that's the information they get from you. You're like, (laughs) hey, how are you going? Guess what? Pretty sure that song's about cum. And they'd be like, what? Right. No one knew. Like everyone was quite surprised. The first ten, yeah. like the ten, we were unlucky enough to stray into my field of vision after right. I had that realization. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Maybe she has got away with it. Maybe she's cleverer than we think. <laughs> um. All right. Song eight is a cover. So you went for "Got to Give It Up" by the Dirt Bombs. Yeah. So this is like another. Uh, I think the only other like punk song, punk sensibility song, anyway, on on this playlist. Um, because it didn't need to, didn't need to be represented, uh, and this is I lo- I like it because it's okay. So I feel like it it in some ways, and look, I'm okay. So Marvin Gaye's got to give it up. Obviously, um, uh, you know it's it's hard to criticize that song. So I don't want to I don't want to start from the point of saying not a good song, very good yeah. song. However, yeah, I think what's interesting about the original is like. Marvin Gaye was a little, not unlike Mariah Carey, kind of like low key sleazy. Like I've like it's sort of like horny content, but right. presented somewhat sweetly. Sure. This cover is so it's the band is like this Detroit, like nineties Detroit, um, like soul punk uh, band. They did a lot of covers actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, they feel like there's a there's an album. This might even be from the album, which was all covers, and they're extraordinary. What this song does is uh, fulfills the original sleazy promise of mm. "Got to Give It Up." Right. It, it 
it turns, it takes like this one element, which is what I think what a good cover sh- should do, right? Like you don't just want to hear karaoke. You want to hear, um, you want to like, it's like a yes and, it was accept an ad. Um, and sure. and this, this song uh, is so like grimy and sleazy and, uh, and, and like and, and also quite simple as well like they've you know they've really like the music like the instrumentation they've just like busted it right down to um this sort of like grinding sort of like you know sort of bobbing between the chords um yeah. and they've the the vocals massively distorted um but what they're what they're able to do within that like by sort of you know creating this much narrower lane in terms of the instrumentation the musicality of it is um, go much further in in that direction that the song was initially headed in, but kind of never, in my mm. humble opinion, never quite reached. Yeah, yeah, I, it's a it, yeah, it's it's a great cover. Um, I, yeah, when I went back to the Marvin Gaye version, um, I, I just had more appreciation for it. I, I think you're exactly mm. right. That's what I want in a cover is like this sort of it's a very clearly respectful and it's like an, an homage to the original but um it's completely their own take on it and it does completely change the song which i really like um also you know it's, it's not marvin Gaye's fault but you know his version of got to give it up was uh the inspiration behind blurred lines um yeah i think to the point that there was a lawsuit yeah which which, which yeah so inspiration they won. <laughs> yeah exactly. yeah yeah exactly yeah inspiration uh, so polite i love that <laughs> yeah which they 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 won uh but yeah it's still still a little jarring to um uh accidentally listen to something that sounds like blurred lines um, yeah the other thing that i wanted to say about um this song which is like a, a really good test for a song i think mm-hmm. um is if you listen to it and it immediately makes you want to like party like it yeah. makes you want to like you're like i can't be in this office i can't be like i don't want to i don't want to be in this kitchen i would like to be like i would like to be uh high maybe yeah. having sex like that's <laughs> that's what this song makes you want to do immediately yeah. like this is this is all wrong like whatever's happening around me is, is wrong unless it's that yeah I, I yeah i wanted to be at a house party like because the, the yeah. chatter and everything and then the, the way the music sort of fades in and the, you can still hear the sort of chatter and stuff throughout um mm. yeah it, yeah i want a, I want a red cup with something cheap in my hand um, mm, big time yeah that's great um right we will move on song nine is a song you'd sing at karaoke so you went for 99 problems by jay-z yeah and look in case it's not abundantly clear to anyone uh listening i'm pretty white <laughs> Um, <laughs> I'm pretty white, but I did, uh, I, I just had this huge, like there was like four years of my life where I listened to almost nothing but rap. Okay. Um, and I think there was something about just the frenetic pace of like, oh, like here I am explaining hip hop to people, the like appeal of hip hop, like, duh, but like the, the frenetic pace of like, and, and the sort of, um, percussive aspects of like you know being able to like there's something so satisfying when you mm. learn the lyrics to a rap song and you can rap along it is yeah like it's as good as like the feeling you get from like a big run right yeah. like it's like that's sort of like 
uh, like endorphin hit and like feeling of um, being, I don't know, it just feels like an achievement as well. It's like, cause it's kind of like, a so this for a while, it was like my party trick that I knew every last word to 99 problems, get a better party trick. I hear you say, Uh, but that, you know, that's, that's where we are. That's where we're at. Um, And so, and it's still weirdly, it actually, I thought, I don't do, I so I've never, I don't do heaps of karaoke, which is not, I have no objection to karaoke, but something weird has happened in my life where I've only been twice. And this doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. I've never said, just no one ever asks me to karaoke. No one's ever asked me to babysit either. Not once in my long life. Um, And maybe that's a little bit more, that's less that's less inexplicable than the karaoke <laughs> karaoke but sure, yeah. uh, but the the karaoke thing but yeah so but i did i did karaoke uh it was the third time third time in my life i did karaoke the other day uh and and that and that would uh and, and that was the song and everyone was very excited and and i and i found it felt amazing but it was to the point it's to the point with this song that you know if the settings were right I would at a, at a party for a couple of years there, I would just take over the music, stand on some furniture and do this song. Right. Um, and so that's kind of, yeah. So that's my karaoke song, I guess. Are you doing, are you doing the skit, the, the cop pulling them over? Are you doing like both parts? Oh yeah. Voices? You've got to like, you've got to do the act outs. Yeah. Okay. Like what? So you turn into I, to the side for yeah, each Yeah, I, I turn, I turned the, do i do it spatially do i block it out in like a theatrical sense maybe it depends like if how stable the furniture i'm standing on is i guess um you know something like you know work work with uh within your environment but you know like i'm I'm definitely doing the voice like you sort of like i sometimes like pull the sunglasses down my nose uh like the cop would um and uh yeah it is you know, accessing that level of uh, <laughs> incredulity and like anger uh, was maybe a little bit of a stretch because I've sure. I've never been targeted by police in my life. I've also never dealt massive amounts sure. of cocaine. Uh, this is the third time cops have come up. I'm not a cop thing today. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. No, I have been targeted by police. I can totally relate to Jay Z's experience. Same, oh my goodness. Same thing. Yeah, same, yeah. same man. Yeah, yeah, we are the same. Uh, uh, but so I'm. I guess I'm aware of how like cartoonish it is that like this is a song that I've picked. But I do have a very right. deep love uh, of this song, and I feel immensely powerful when I when I sing it. Yeah, yeah, I get you. Uh, bonfire by Childish Gambino for me. That's the uh, that's the mm. one where I know I know mm-hmm. every line. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, again, uh, that white guilt does kick in, and I'm thinking maybe maybe I just need to learn one week by the bare naked ladies. Maybe that's my <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe some Smash Mouth. Yeah, that's, 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 where I'm that's white people culture, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah sure, uh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I it, I mean, there's there's the double layer there with um, 99 problems because you've got this sort of like singing about um the black experience in america and also being like bitches <laughs> uh and i'm like okay um, like i'm like women are pretty good actually but okay all right it was a different time i guess i don't know yeah you're like mm, not sure but maybe this isn't the time to address that specific aspect of yeah you seem you seem like you've got 
other Lock things on, on your mind, Jay Z. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we'll we'll come back to it. We'll come back to it. Um, yeah. All right. Song ten is a song that reminds you of a specific place. So your uh, your song is "The Nips Are Getting Bigger" by mm. Metal Is Anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so Metal Is Anything is an Australian band uh, who were who were popular in. I want to say the eighties and basically it's core Australiana. So it also comes from the, the, the pub rock playlist. Um, And it reminds me not only of a specific place, but a specific time. So these Thursday nights that would happen with cookie were Mm -hmm. in possibly the longest, my longest running share house ever. So it it was and it was like this enormous room and it overlooked one of the kind of busiest streets in Sydney, Elizabeth Street. And it was like, you know, filthy. So there's, you know, all cars going by and, you know, it's constantly kind of like this dull noise and sort of pollution there. But there are these beautiful trees and like lorikeets. And it was also the the room where I spent um, most of the rather extensive lockdowns in uh, in Sydney. And so I, it reminds me of that room. And there was like a lot of things that happened in that room. It was like a lot of, it was like a very tumultuous period. It was like seven years in the end I was in that house. Right. Um, so I can't really say it was a tumultuous period because that's like, that's just saying like life, my life is tumultuous. Like at the point when it's like a seven year tumultuous period, you just have to like cop to the fact that you live a tumultuous life. Like sure. don't let, it's not, a, <laughs> it's not a phase, you know, it's not a phase. Um, but yeah, lots of like, uh, yeah, lots of like romances and drama and friendships and late nights and all in this like very specific location. And right. uh, yeah, and that this song was a real soundtrack to it. But and it sort of came out of those Thursday nights. Um, right. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, the one the one thing I want to point out is I don't know if this is Freudian, but when you sent this list over to me, you sent this song over as the nips are getting better. And I don't know <laughs> if that's if bigger is always better when it comes to nips. I'm not sure. Uh no. No. no? Like hashtag okay. yes all nipples. Like yeah. uh also I did have to I did have to look like look into this because like I was again like it just as an adult like seeing this song being like is he talking about nipples? <laughs> it's def- it's definitely a song about alcoholism. It's like the right, nipples okay. are like, as we continue through life and through the night, we are going to require larger quantities of everything in order to, right. uh, in, in order to get us there. Um, and yeah, like it's sort of this, it's like this incredibly hedonistic song. It's like this, aba- like song of uh, abandon. It's also got like this crazy guitar like in it as well. Yeah. Um, which is like yeah party time it's mm. it's like it's the best version of a place as well i also like how like because that, obviously that room as well like that very specific room mm-hmm. is there was there were all these ups and downs but the, the best version of of that home and of that room and of that share house is contained in this song which is like this sort of sure. reckless reckless abandon hedonism mm. um like heaps of joy it's a very joyous song it's also right. silly it doesn't take itself at all uh seriously uh i got to see the i got to see the mentals 
once live at this quite famous music festival in Australia called Meredith, which is quite small. They like cap it small. Everything happens on this one stage. Yeah. Um, there's, there's no sponsorship. There's hardly any, again, cops. Yeah. So I got to see the mentals um, in this, in this incredible like natural amphitheater at this, mm. at, at this festival. And uh, you know, with, with cookie by my side, and it was the last show that they ever did um, because oh, wow. greedy, greedy, the front man, um, died quite suddenly afterwards um you know not a young man but not not an old man either like i think he might have been in his 60s um and it was i think it was heart disease and uh it was yeah it was one of the last shows they ever did and i'll never forget them kind of being uh like he he wore his sunglasses the whole time but not in a like in a like i'm um you know like being remote and removed kind of way more in like a I'm a, I'm a big idiot. Like he's wearing, you know, like this incredibly loud, bright shirt and like these glasses and just like singing like he's, uh, it had karaoke vibes. Like the the level mm. of like uh, energy and enthusiasm that he's putting into it. It's like, it was like children's TV presenter meets karaoke was the right, energy. Sure. Um, like it was kind of that, that, that there's like this um, sensibility from that from like 80s musicians you kind of see it a little bit with talking heads although they are a little bit more aloof about it but like it's like this sort of constructed zaniness um it's like we're so crazy we're so like loose and zany and so it's kind of it was that but a really fun version of it um so uh yes i also put a lot of australian music in this playlist so uh people people who don't and mentals should definitely um should definitely check them out they are a very special australian band was um was Kirky aware of the significance of this band and this song to you and that like and that share house as well like when you're having that moment yeah Meredith? i bought yeah we like you know we we're like hugging and like you know we, we sort of had this moment at the concert and i gave yeah. her um this record as a gift one year and oh, beautiful. then when she i think she doesn't actually have a record player at the moment uh and so she gave it back to me as like a a safekeeping thing for a bit and now it's in a shed and now it's in jane's shed but um one day one day it'll ride again sure okay amazing um all right song 11 is a song that reminds you of a specific person so you went for wagon wheel by old crow medicine show yeah okay so this is a really dorky song in many ways it's a country song um it could just as easily have been a song that makes me sad uh i do tear up but i think that's mainly because of the fact that it reminds me of my friend sarah mcvee and uh we were at meredith a different year uh, at that music festival and we were at the campsite and it was a very elaborate setup at the campsite there's all these there's all this weird uh sort of subculture like all these you know little traditions um as part of this festival it's it's um it's a bit of an institution and so we had set up you know this very elaborate campsite we were there with sort of 40 people you build your own we built we this year um the people we were with that built their own bar uh it looked like a donut so it was like a donut bar and then you host a party at your campsite so you and then like you know people from other campsites like most often strangers will hear on the grapevine that there is a party happening at your campsite and everyone will come along and you and you host so you kind of like you're you're providing the drinks or whatever and uh someone got control of the music it wasn't sarah but put and it's like it's like a party environment like it's like you know it's middle of the afternoon everyone's kind of day drinking um and someone 
put on Wagon Wheel by Old Crow Medicine Show, um, which is this, you know, yearning, um, you know, kind of like very traditional country song in a lot of ways. Um, very, very, you know, it's a, it's a great song as well. Like it's, it's you know, a bit of an earworm. Mm. Uh, and Sarah was like, is this quite like together dignified person? And she stopped everything that she was doing and she just hugged herself in the middle of the campsite. Like, you know, it was this party and she stopped and hugged herself and like closed her eyes and sang the whole song. She wasn't that drunk. She wasn't like, it was just that she loved this song and right, you okay. could just see her heart exploding mm. in real time and seeing someone else love a song like that can right. be contagious i think and uh and it made me see that song and understand that song in a new way i've never ever kind of like even though the song is quite cringe in a lot of ways it doesn't yeah. have that effect on me anymore because i just think of my my beautiful friend sarah and how much this song means to her and then i think of how much i love her and it just uh it has the same effect on me now you know like i actually wow. have to stop what i'm doing when i hear this song and just sing it and kind of just not be doing anything else. It's sort of like uh, a more wholesome version of uh, Cartman with Come Sail Away, I guess. Right, okay. <laughs> oh, that's so nice. It's such a... Um, I imagine most people like this song almost ironically. Um, that's the mm. way I've seen people enjoy it anyway. Um, uh, or just enjoyed it for like the fact that it's a country song and it's like, you know... Um, it's it's one of those uh, it's one of those you'd see on the playlist like white people drunk at a wedding. Uh, <laughs> I love Savage, it. but yeah, but that but that that's what's so beautiful about it, right? Is that mm. there's no irony here. She, no, exactly. There's something that's, I really like so that, yeah. vulnerable about like yeah. just being like, no, I love this song. Like, mm. I don't. You can't make me feel ashamed for loving this yeah. song. I love this song. Yeah. I've, I've said this before but there was a, a friend of mine in school who um and this is going back to my like uh guilty pleasure days uh he was really mm. into taylor swift and garth brooks i remember uh -huh. one day like trying to make fun of him for liking garth brooks and he he just went yeah it's just what i like mm. and like that takes like from a bullying perspective takes all the wind out of your sails like there's nothing mm. you can say to that because you're like it's just uh enjoying it on her article but i've, I've yeah because then you're like, the weirdo that's obsessed with it you know what i mean exactly, like it's exactly. it's weird to police people uh yeah, 100%. And, and that's like half a life lifetime ago and that still mm. sticks with me he didn't mean anything mm. by it. he wasn't trying to teach me a lesson but still sticks with me as something that's just like what, what was i trying to accomplish there and <laughs> like <laughs> honestly and um and I, i'm just I, like so inspired by people who just like what they like and don't second guess themselves don't worry about what other people think and just um just enjoy it and enjoy a moment so that's a, like I, I that's a really beautiful thing i really like that one mm. yeah um okay song 12 is a song that motivates you so uh you've gone for hirachi lights by hot chip so i make a monthly playlist um almost okay. as a time capsule to uh, you know, whatever I'm listening to at the time, it's a bit of a scrapbook. You know, it's like the sure. songs that I've shazammed, songs that come up for me at the time, new songs, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And and it does work as a bit of a time capsule. And this one first 
entered the, and I've been doing this for like seven years. And this one first showed up in August of 2016. Wow, and it was okay. my first, first ever time uh, performing at Edinburgh. And I'd never been to the UK oh. before. I'd never, uh, I, I just never, I don't know. I was like, it was, it was in ex- expanding horizons in, in many senses. Um, and I would put on my noise cancelling headphones and I would listen to this song walking around Edinburgh for the first time. And I was so out of my depth. I did not, Mm. you know, I didn't know anyone. I didn't know, I didn't understand about like, you know, what I was in for and, um, and how hard it would be. And, and that, you know, that everyone else, you know, had been emailing reviewers and that they had a producer and that, and that I should fly (laughs) her. And like, you know, I just didn't know. I was just just like bowled into this situation. Um, but I was having the time of my life and it, it was like this moment of like, uh, potentiality like this. And so I'd listen right. to this song in my headphones while I was walking around between shows and it, this, this song is like, is exactly the feeling of like something, something beginning, like feeling like mm. something like this is, this is going somewhere um, and obviously, you know, I'm very rich and famous now and comedy's, you know, really kind of paid <laughs> dividends. So really, you know, it really was, uh, it was almost like an omen, this song. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, even if, even if that promise is never delivered, the, that feeling of like, um, you know, the, the world could be mine mm. or, you know, like who knows what could happen next, you know, not right, even like sure. the world could be mine, but like anything could happen um, is what this, this song catches for me right yeah makes sense it's got big uh main character energy i think <laughs> Which is oh um, yeah i mean yeah i mean there's no more main main character activity than you know walking around with your noise cancelling headphones on you always feel like you're in a movie right um yeah 100 percent. yeah 100%. a thousand a thousand percent yeah um but it's it's yeah it's a really positive energy to try and capture is that sort of mm-hmm. like embracing the embracing the unknown but embracing like the possibility of what could happen in a moment like that um and just trying to yeah trying to trying to bottle that positive energy is quite difficult and music's very good at doing that i have an uh an ex who used to talk about the idea of uh like living at the front of your brain i can't that's not how we put it but this is that's the gist of it it's like the idea of kind of like um rather than kind of being wandering around in the back corridors Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know being like sitting in the very front window like sort of sitting in the driver's seat and right i guess and um being i don't know if you were like a wellness blogger you might call it being present um (laughs) <laughs> or if you'd had too much therapy, I feel very attacked um, because I when, when you said that I was think my in, I was thinking more present is probably <laughs> a summary there. Did you say if you were a wellness blogger? Fuck. <laughs> okay. Well, you just accused me of having main character energy, so I think I we're, think we're you, square now. It's got main, the song has main character energy. I think it lends itself uh, to what you're saying. Yeah. It does. It does. It does. All yeah. right. I don't want this to deteriorate. I think we were on to. Get <laughs> I don't want us to like this descend into a fight for the last three songs. Uh, um. All right. Song thirteen is a song that someone introduced you to. So you went for "Concrete Over Water" by Jockstrap. Yeah. Okay. So this is actually the same X. 
okay. and I'd, I'd forgotten about that. Who he? Yeah, he works in music, and he uh, and I. I can I can particularly at times of like, you know, when I'm on deadline or it's stressful or you know, you go back, you go back to the old music that you know or the old artists or you know, yeah. it's it, it's altogether too easy. And I I probably have got a little bit slack about discovery lately. Sure. Um, and you know, I'm like I'm okay, but I feel like also there's just because of the way that the like music distribution model has fragmented discovery mm -hmm. is a little broken because often you know the key mechanism for discovery is like algorithmic and so you are very often being served up the familiar yeah sure. and unless you're very deliberate about it and so it was it was a rare treat to get like a totally new artist so like you know who was recommended to me it's something i wouldn't necessarily have gone to before and mm. i i love this song because it um it contains it's like the full it's the full spectrum of emotion um it also does something very weird in that it's like it's sort of like this you know nerdy lo-fi like um instrumental uh pop uh, mm -hmm. So it's like sort of slow pop at times. Not even pop, almost like just like singer-songwriter vibes, you know, like piano, yeah. singing, like gentle vocal. Mm -hmm. And then it moves into this sort of like rave style, mm -hmm. like glitchy, hyperactive um, uh, uh, refrain. that, that mm -hmm. and, and so it sort of touches either end of the spectrum. And um, it also came along during the last weekend of Pride and so I, um, in Australia, so we, we, in Sydney, we hosted World Pride earlier this year. Um, we, me personally, like I'm taking responsibility for this anyway. Um, but it was like, it was a, it was like a, it was a cool time to be in Sydney and it felt like, um, you know, there's a like big sense of community in the queer community and, and um, mm. going to all these parties and like, I would listen to that song because I was I just discovered it and so I was obsessed with it. And right. so would, was probably listening to it like, three times a day, if not more. And right. I would play it in cars between all the different parties um, that I was going to on that last weekend of Pride um, when I met someone new as well. So it's like, so it's sort of like all this like stuff that's like bound up in this song and, um, nice. and yeah. And it was a gift to me from um, an ex who I'm very fond of. Beautiful. I love this song. Mm. I think more than most songs I've been introduced to in a in a long time, I am obsessed with this song in particular. Oh, that's so good to hear! Uh, honestly, I'm so I, glad. I it's it's stunning. It's absolutely stunning. Mm. There's so much mm. about it. I enjoy it. Like I I looked into it, and it's like it's about this sort of conflict of emotion around living in a big city and mm. the 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 big and the small of that. Um, and I think they've captured that really well in the music as well. It is. It's so clearly a song about a city as well, and I think that's why it made sense. Kind of yeah. listening to it, like riding around a city between parties at night, and sit, yeah. like you know, in a part of Sydney that is very like citified, like you know that you are in a city. Um, yeah. It's it's like it's incredibly um, you know concrete, glassy, you know, yeah. very like modern, ugly in parts, um, but then yeah. there are these old little nooks and crannies and. Uh, yeah, it's about that duality, and, and which is why you have those two extremes in the song, I suppose. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it just hit. It just hit right when I yeah. when I got to it. That that the, the bit where like 
um again for anyone else to listen to the song please go listen to the song but the the, the bit where um where everything drops and it's just mm. the piano and her vocal and i'm glad you take me as i am whatever shape yeah. woman man yeah and it's stunning and her like the the high notes that she's hitting are gorgeous and then then it like then that sort of that more synthy energy comes in I, I, very reminiscent of like early muse for me as well mm. which, I really, which i love um but yeah it, it reminded me of this the tweet that i saw you just go that like uh it's really stuck with me which is like um put your phone down keep your head up look around isn't that better mm. pick your phone back up look at your phone there isn't that better and <laughs> There's something like that. That just that came to mind when I was listening to this because, like, when the vocal, when everything dropped out and it was just her and the vocal, I was like, "God, this is stunning!" And then everything came back in and it became huge. And I was like, "This is is this better? <laughs> I don't know. It's different and it's great." Oh, it's yeah. I every time I've been listening to this playlist, I've had to like, I've like, there's a chair behind me. I've literally sat in that chair just to listen to this song and only mm. listen to this song because it's I can't do anything else. I just need to pay attention to it i think it, yeah. mm. anyway um right song that makes 14 me so happy <laughs> good good uh right song 14 is a song you wouldn't expect to like so you went for k-san by cold chisel okay how well is this song known outside of australia not at all the only reason i know really this is because, yeah well not not to me anyway the only reason i know this song is that <laughs> I did a Christmas episode of this show with um, a few other people, but Emma Holland was one of them. And for some, she picked as her Christmas song, she picked Don't Change On Me by NXS. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I did like a quiz around the, the questions and one of them was like the most Australian song. And I think uh, NXS was like two on the list of most Australian songs and Cold Chisel was number one. Yeah. And when I said this to the to the guys, there was Emma Holland, Duncan Turner, Frankie McNair, when I said to them about it, they were like, "Oh yeah, of course! Like that's obviously the most yeah. Australian song." Yeah. And I was like, "I could not get my head around it. What's like I'd never heard it before. Does not sound in any way Australian to me when I'm listening to it either." Uh, but okay, so this yeah. is this is Jimmy Barnes. So Jimmy Barnes right. is the front man of Cold Chisel, and sure. he is understood. It like he's kind of like in the Matrix Lloyd space. He is like the Australian male for most, you know, for most of us. Um, he's like this beer drinking, uh, you know, it's like they were initially like, you know, pub rock band. Um, and, uh, he pushes his vocals so hard. It's sort of like, it's like a scream. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, this is a song from their first album, Cold Chisel, Cold Chisel. And, uh, and basically this song was, is like, is a weird one. It like your first exposure to this song is always going to be uh, in a pub and it's always going to be drunk men singing it. That is <laughs> right. how, that is how you come across this song. Like, I don't care, sure. you know, where, you know, where, which part of Australia you're from, that is how you found this song. Yeah. Um, maybe you heard it because your dad played it when you were younger, but probably you heard it in a pub. And so you have this association. Like I grew up in, in, um, in this town called Bathurst and it's like, you know, it's like a, it's famous for like a car race, like a V8 car race that happens there. Um, I remember being asked when I was like eight, if I like, you know, are you Holden or are you Ford? And I'm like, I don't like those are the two. <laughs> anyway, whatever. It's like, it's, it's just, and I didn't necessarily fit in all that well. And I was always felt a little bit um, out of water there. Right. And 
you know, and there are these like, there's this gross, like hyper mask energy a lot of the time. And so I really associated this song with that like the men who you needed to avoid at the pub um because they would say or do something awful to you and that wasn't (laughs) like an unfounded fear by the way that is like entirely reasonable uh and uh you know just like be 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 a nuisance you know like just be idiots and uh you know even if it's not something more sinister than that it's just like oh god to be avoided and and so that is the association but then uh, I started listening to this song a lot in mm. during during second lockdown, I think, uh, and and it like it became like this this album actually this whole album, but this song is interesting. So I can't get through this song without crying now. It just like but it does but it makes me so happy right. as well. Um, it, it's such a huge song for me. Which is, and it doesn't make any sense. Like, it doesn't make any sense that that would be huge because everyone knows the song. And it's like, but it's just, yeah. it just hits me different now. And, uh, but it was banned in the first place because it's actually, so there's these lines in it. Uh, it's, first of all, it's an anti-war song. It's like a, a Vietnam protest. So it's all about the veteran experience. This guy mm-hmm. coming home, he talks about like um, the growing need for speed and Novocaine. That's like a, a lyric. So it's like, you know, he's drug, like, drug addicted, trying to like, um, cope with his PTSD. Um, he sings, you know, sings about PTSD. I mean, mm. Jimmy's not a veteran, but he was like, you know, he he is very much like a, a um, like a character, almost like like El- like Elton John style. Like he's singing these songs that are sure. um, deeply like performed as if they're deeply felt and meant, but um, you know, none of these experiences have happened to him. Um, right. And he, yeah, it, and it also it's like it's about going to go like like in the words of Peaches, fuck the pain away. Like, so you go and see, like going to go see sex workers in Hong Kong and try to like make sense of what happened to him in the war. It's massively dark and right. massively sad and like sex and drugs and like a political message. And so, yeah, it was like banned off, off the radio in Australia in when it, when it was first released mm. and not anymore. It's everywhere. Uh, <laughs> I never, ever in my wildest dreams expected to have this song um on a playlist like this this is like a hugely (laughs) shocking turn of events like i would have punched you if you'd told me that when i was 10 um or whatever uh and and it's i think it's an example of it was a disservice to this song to have it classified in that way and a song sure. is not its audience necessarily. Like, you know, cultural items, like a song, it, like they're all contested, right? Like they, yeah. they're these sites of meaning that are, you know, um, d- deeply unstable. And so yeah. like, yes, it is imbued, you know, with the, the meaning that the the bulk of society sort of projects onto it, but mm. it doesn't have to just be that, you know, this is this, I, I was so, I'm so pleased to have this song back from the clutches of the worst <laughs> kind of man. Uh, and like, you know, like, and all of this bound up in that, like, you know, weird country sexism and racism. And like, and I feel like this song is mine now. And right. um, yeah. it just as much, it means what I would say, it means just as much as it means um, what I thought it did when I uh, first heard it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I hope to go on a similar journey with uh, uh, Neil Diamond's Sweet Caroline because uh, I think that is a nice song but yeah here it's the worst get the man it's like a f- f- it's football a, song right is it like 
Well, yeah. yes, it is. But in Northern Ireland, it also has, um, you know, the Sweet Caroline. Da, 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 uh, yeah. Protestant men in Northern Ireland will sing, fuck the Pope. Um, oh, okay. Which is just a, a really lovely way of letting um, half of the country know that uh, they're not welcome. Yes, yes. Which is lovely. Um, oh, that's such a shame that that song has gone that way. I'm a big Neil Diamond fan. I mean, right. hot, yeah. hot August Night uh, was was like a real like entry to entry point to music for me. Right. Yeah. I think. I think. Well. Yeah. Honestly, there's a lot of very popular songs in Northern Ireland that have like had those little interludes put into like uh, what's the mm. other one? Um, Simply the best. Is another one. Mm-hmm. So uh, the verses and uh, and then it goes bum 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 bum. Uh, in Northern Ireland, again, Protestant men that becomes fuck the Pope and the IRA, which so they've really just extended on that earlier. It's not a new message. It's the no, same no, 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 message no, like, and no. slightly longer. No, these, yeah. these aren't intelligent uh, men. They don't have a lot to say. They <laughs> okay. just have. Gotcha. One just that one thing, thing really. To say, just in slightly yeah. different yeah. ways. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, yeah. Alrighty. On that note, song <laughs> f- uh, fifteen is a song you think everyone should listen to. Uh, right. You've two. Which one do you want to go for? You've got that. That's us. Wild combination and bless the telephone. It's no it's easier choice, to choose it? one now than it was. Okay. So everyone should just listen to Arthur Russell in general. That is the thing that everyone should do. Okay. Um, Arthur Russell, for fuck it, I'll talk about it. Everyone listen to Labusi for uh, Bless the Telephone because it's a perfect, sweet little song and very transformative, um, uh, transform, transportative. Trans- like it takes you to a whole other place and you just like, again, like you sit and listen to the song. But I, I probably have more to say about Arthur Russell in general. So okay. Arthur Russell is, do you know Arthur Russell? No. Okay, so Arthur Russell died in relative obscurity in the AIDS crisis. So he was a gay man. Uh, he was actually Allen Ginsberg's lover, um, and okay. he he was prolific in his recordings. Very little of which were released while he was alive, um, but lots of tapes survive him and have been released subsequently. He was a cellist, um, among other things. So he would he would he was an electric cellist, uh, and he would you know distort distort cello a lot. He would release these funny little country ditties as well. Um, there was this album that he released called Love Is Overtaking Me. Um, and they all always had like, there was a lot of like, uh, uh, like stories about like gay love in there as well. And that are, that are kind of not like, they're actually quite like, there's all this sex in the songs, but in a very sort of oblique way. Mm. Um, and he also made like weirdly like this sort of clapped out disco sound quite quite a long way ahead of his time um he was like okay. hugely experimental uh and that's us wild combination is uh, a song that sounds like it could have been made today but it wasn't it was made many decades ago um by this artist who is visionary and um but not recognized at the time but very much in this in like in the scene like he was mixing in these sort of influential art circles again not a meritocracy it's not a meritocracy and mm. uh and and his work is like he like he got sampled it was sampled by uh Kanye on the song 40 hours um okay. uh like he's 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 sort of like beloved by art uh, beloved by other artists and but, but perhaps okay, has sure. never really achieved this enormous mainstream success um 
that I think he richly deserves. But yeah, that's us. Wild combination is an example of the clapped out disco sound right, okay. that he does. And um, he's also there's all this reverb. Um, it's like a really tender vocal. Um, it's very poetic, figurative um, lyricism as well. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think I, I've chosen this song. It's really hard to pick a single Arthur Russell song and it will take, this is a slow burn. This is an artist who is a slow burn. It sure. took me potentially, uh, it took it took me a while to really appreciate what he was doing. But once you get him, he will be a companion for life. And so I've chosen a song mm. that is an easy entry point for people, something that will, Good. Oh, I love um, that. Good. yeah, it's like the gateway love drug. The gateway for, song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But for <laughs> Arthur Russell and, um, and he's, there's just so much yeah there's a whole world for you to discover and i think you know it it's rare to if you're a person who loves music that is such a gift for there to be an artist who is prolific and high quality Mm. with a huge back catalog who you haven't heard of yet which is why i chose him because i just don't think you know there are so many songs that everyone in the world should hear but this is one that I, I I know that not enough people know, and I would love for more people to love Arthur Russell in the way that I do. Okay, perfect, perfect. Uh, yeah. What's yours? Yeah. I want to know what what your song that I should hear is. Oh God, um, I feel like that should be something like as a, as the host of this show, that should be something I should have off the tip of my tongue, right? <laughs> I was I assumed uh, that that you had it, but um, because well, since you contact me and invited me on the podcast i've yeah. it's actually you know given rise to all these great conversations that i've had with other people oh, great. um and uh i've actually already got like a, a new song out of it that you know because i was asking someone the other day you know what um what's the song that you think everyone should hear and sort of you know explain the parameters as i understood them which is like not just the song that everyone should hear but the song that they probably have not heard right and she gave me this song called monsoon by amber mark which is the okay. song that i am currently playing like four times a day this is actually Amazing. this is the woman who i met towards the end of um pride like we met and hooked up and we've been dating and awesome. uh and yeah and so she gave me she gave me this song and monsoon by amber mark is like my uh the third song that i will very like, i'm very greedy uh i will say that <laughs> everyone should also listen to that but i've sent it to all these people as well which is i think a sign you know when you're mm. just like you, you're constantly like sending this link to people going like listen to this song listen to this song listen to this song yeah um yeah. so mine is uh the loneliness in the screen by frightened rabbit oh yes frightened rabbit i i remember this me. Yeah, I I remember this song. Poke was very big for me. Yes, yeah, beautiful song, absolutely Um, uh, soul destroying. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, so I would have two by Frightened Rabbit that I would go back to, or like uh, say, like really sum them up for me. One is the the oil slick, um, because it has this line. Um, he talks a lot about like uh, mental health and uh, dark places. There's a line in that song, um, there is light, but there's a tunnel to crawl through, which mm. I think I, I like I go back to that line an awful lot when um I'm having difficulties. Um mm. I think it's gorgeous. And then the loneliness in the scream 
is um is it's a song it's a song about about loneliness is what it sounds like but it's um it's also a song about community and the reason that that song is such a special place for me is that i used to like i um i sure if you know that the lead singer passed away um in 2016 uh, i didn't know that he took his own life mm-hmm. and um there's obviously like a huge outpouring of emotion around it and like i used to go to Fright and rabbit concerts a lot like mm-hmm. anytime i had the opportunity and so that's something um i'll not get to experience again but they typically finish the show with loneliness and the scream and it has this vocal refrain that everyone joined in with at the end and for a song about uh community for this like outpouring with everyone would sing along to this like this particular bit the song would finish and everyone would keep going and then people would like leave you know spill out into the streets still singing this like this vocal refrain um and it's the most beautiful thing and like anytime i hear it it does it just makes me very um emotional because it reminds me of Mm. like some very very happy and very sad um connotations around it but um i think it's a gorgeous song so yeah that's that's mine well i know what i'm doing this afternoon i'm crying at my desk and listening to this song thank you so much <laughs> you're very welcome you're very welcome uh, it was lovely no to end on so do you have anything you want to plug or promote while i have you uh well for anyone who's going to be anywhere near edinburgh in the month of august i am going back uh so i will be doing uh my show which is called your mother chucks rocks and shells uh which is <laughs> which I'm is about <laughs> it's about the exorcist uh you know the you know the line you know yep. the line from the exorcist yeah. it's about that well it's i deconstruct the exorcist it's a lot of fun um right. uh it's 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 absurd if you like your humor absurd then that's definitely a show for you right. um and i'm also doing a show with jane watt the one who has all my records we do a two-hander <laughs> called uh, jazz or a bucket of blood and right. there's a i want the show to be about it's a farce i want the show to be about a bucket of blood which is on stage and um, she would like the show to be about jazz, but she does not know what jazz is. So that is, that's that show. And we're both doing uh, the whole month. And if you want to hear more of my dumb thoughts as well, um, I have a podcast with the ABC called Schmeitgeist, uh, which is Zeitgeist, but spelt as if it was Yiddish. And um, that's about like decoding big and weird trends in pop culture and internet culture so uh yeah that's my stuff perfect thank you so much thanks for having me this was uh, a delight and i that is it for episode 66 of mixtape and identity thank you so much for listening um so yeah solo show and a show with Jane Watt at Edinburgh Fringe Festival please go and check out if you if you can uh, if you're not around then yeah just uh, d- drop a follow on the socials and uh, keep track of what Anne's doing Anne's doing some amazing stuff and Schmeichgeist is an excellent like truly excellent podcast um, so yeah you, you should go and listen to that as well if you like this show and you want to support it a couple of different ways you can do that if you do want to support us financially and you're in a position to do that uh we have a coffee link set up so you can throw us a couple of quid for an episode that you've enjoyed that would be much appreciated there's no monthly obligation there unless you want one uh apart from that then all the usual stuff drop us a follow on instagram uh like the show rate it subscribe tell your friends just tell more people tweet about it um or 
X about it, whatever we're calling that now. And uh, yeah, just get more people listening. The, the more the show grows, the, the bigger and better guests we get. So uh, any and all support is appreciated. I'll be back next week for episode 67. So in the meantime, look after yourselves. And we'll speak to you then.